Hi, Jesse. Welcome to the REI Friends Podcast. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I am so good. I've been looking forward to this interview for quite some time. So I'm so glad that we made the time to meet today. So for those that don't know you, can you tell them a little bit about you? Yeah, of course. So um, my name is Jesse Dillon. I'm from central Massachusetts, born and raised and love it and still live here. And um, I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I have a wonderful 14-year-old stepdaughter. And um, I do a little bit of everything now, it feels like. So um, my, I, I guess you could say day job is I'm a beauty business owner. I own a cosmetic tattoo studio um, close to home. And um, I'm the lead artist there as well. So I take my own cosmetic tattooing clients. But um, I also created a business coaching program for people who own similar businesses to me. And now I am also a real estate investor. Yay, that's awesome. Thank you so much. It sounds like um, you wear many hats, which is always so fun. I think I find that people that are in, into real estate are multi-passionate. It sounds like to me, uh, have, have you experienced that? I guess so, yeah. But I feel like now the passion for real estate is kind of like taking over where I yeah. kind of want to put everything else on the back burner because I just get so excited about this. But um, yeah, and I, I think I used to be in this mindset of like, oh, you know, you can't try and wear too many hats. Like you shouldn't be a jack of all trades. But now I feel like as I've evolved as a business person, I feel like I do want to kind of follow all these different passions and like, it's okay to, as long as those balance and you're still being strategic. Yeah. That makes, that makes so much sense. So um, you're a tattoo artist. I follow you on Instagram. Love what you do. Interested. So fascinated. So how on earth did you go from being a tattoo artist to real estate? Tell me all the things. So I, I mean, the work that I do, like, is so physical. Like, I mean, I don't have great posture anyway, but I'm, you know, hunched over. Like, my neck is kind of craned forward, and it's really, it can be tough on my wrists and my back. Um, and I've had a lot of like injuries from overuse, like in my wrist, my neck, um, some that put me out for like a couple weeks. So I just know that like, this isn't something I can physically do forever. So last summer I came across this whole fire movement, right? Like I, I actually discovered, um, and a girl on Instagram that I still follow millennial money, honey, through like a Facebook clickbait article. She was, um, interviewed by like business insider or the new york times or something so i'm like she's 26 and retired like what the hell is this girl doing but like i need to know about so i read the article and i messaged her on instagram we started talking and she recommended a book called the simple path to wealth which i'm obsessed with still mm. but then it was just like following a trail of breadcrumbs like one book led me to another and one um you know content creator led me to another and one podcast led me to another and that was just this past summer that I discovered her. And then by this past fall, I was taking the real estate rookie boot camp that Bigger Pockets does because I was obsessed with the rookie podcast. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was just like, oh my God, wow. Like, I thought I would approach the whole financial independence retiring early thing via index funds because I understood it. And I was like, this is so easy. Like, I can totally do this. But I was like, thinking about having to do this for 11 years though still to reach that fire number I, was, I cannot be physically doing this work for that much longer yeah. there's got to be another way 
So then when I started learning about real estate, I was like, oh, I could actually retire from the client facing work that I do in like a year if I used out. So cut to now, this morning I closed on my second investment property. Whoa. So wait a minute. Let's let's just break this down for a second. So you went from so a year ago now. A year ago, yeah. Retirement plan. I was like, I I don't know what I was thinking was gonna happen, but like I had no plan. Yeah. And um or I think I, you know, I kind of got suckered into the whole like life insurance theme. So I kind of had a plan, but it wasn't a great one. <laughs> Cut to like Six to nine months ago, I was like, oh, okay, retirement in 11 years via index funds. But now it's like, by the end of this year, I'll be retired from physical work. That is powerful. So you took, and for those that don't know, um, Real Estate Rookie is like the baby of bigger pockets, and they cater to people like us. Um, so it's not so scary and they break everything down and they have a boot camp that I hear is really good. So you, you, you were part of that boot camp. So how do you go from the boot? Do you think that the boot camp was the catalyst to buy the first property or because you were educating yourself and doing all the things or a combination of everything? I think the part, the role that the boot camp played was that I paid money for it. And I, mm. I was doing it. Like I, I do believe that like, and this is true for most coaching, like as a business coach, I can confidently say this, any information or coaching or program that you pay for, you could find all of that information for free somewhere else. You're paying for like the fact that it's wrapped up in a nice little gift box for you with a bow on top, like so conveniently presented. And like, when you make that payment, you're putting skin in the game. Like you're more invested in like using the information. So I feel like that's what it did for me. But in retrospect, like everything I learned in the boot camp, I did kind of already know from the podcast because I was listening to the podcast so like religiously, like all day at work, every day on my commute to and from. Um, But doing the boot camp did kind of like give me that push. Like, okay, now I really need to make sure I do something with this. That is so good. So tell me about the property. So how did you find it? Tell me the detail of the property. So the first property that I got, I closed in January. um, Of this year? Yeah. And it was actually like the day before my birthday. Oh, nice. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, That sounds good. That sounds sounds good. Now, and we can talk more about this after, but what's funny is that you know, as of today, I have two rental properties and I am still a renter. I don't own my own house. So I feel well, like- you are a mass, you're in Massachusetts. So yeah, yeah that makes, so- that makes sense to me. Yep. Yeah. But I feel like that's a, <laughs> a weird mindset thing too, that a lot of yeah. people have. We can talk about it later, but yeah, this property we got is in Whitensville, Mass, which if anyone doesn't know, it's definitely like a small town, but it's like 20 minutes, not even like 10 minutes from a, a huge city, like from Worcester. Um, so it's kind of like if you want to be convenient to that bigger city, but you want more like small town. Um, so to run through like some of the numbers, it was listed for 410. Uh, it's a duplex and it was owner occupied. So um, the seller, like he lived in the main house in front, which has five beds, two full baths. So it's- wow. And then um, the back unit is three bedrooms, one bathroom, and there was a long term tenant there. So it was listed for 410 for a while. I'm like, why is it 
sitting on there. Like, that's so odd. And, um, you know, I had been trying to get offers accepted and um, nothing was really working out. And I actually got ghosted by, like, a couple of realtors. So I was, you know, I don't really know, like, what's, like, (laughs) I don't know where, like, something's going to work out here. But um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to approach the listing agent. Like, I'm not straight like through the middleman because I'm confident now with like how to run numbers and mm-hmm. I want to just see like how this plays out before you continue do you use the bigger packets calculator because I mean I I'm do. obsessed yeah okay good Thank you. um and I definitely I'm a pro member too so that I can use that unlimited I've used it like a million times um, nice so the property was listed at 410 it had been up for a while um and I did out all the math, like using the calculator with a bunch of different purchase price scenarios. And my thought process was like, I want this to cash flow a thousand dollars a month. Otherwise it's not really. Worth it. mm. So, um, I had emailed the listing agent. She showed me the place. She was so nice. Um, she answered all my questions. I came in with a list of literally. And, um, I sent her an email that I knew would be shared with the seller. And I broke down, like, here's how this would look at all these different purchase prices for me as an investor. So I don't mean to undercut your price. Like, your house is beautiful. My husband's an electrician. He saw the electrical work and was like, this looks like it's done for a magazine. Like, everything was impeccable. So I was like, I don't want you to feel like I don't see the value in your house. But because this is an investment, like, here's how I'm coming to my number, which was 350 And so I was like, oh my God, it's not a no. Hell yeah, like it's not a no. There's like, wow. So we actually, I said, you know what, I can't do that, but let's meet in the middle at 357.5. And he said, yes. So right off the bat, I'm like, hell yes, in this market, I got something listed at 410. I got it for 357. I'm already like, you know, over the moon. In so, Bowler, yeah. So it appraised for 420. Um, and as like a, a you know, extra details. We did um, no inspection. And he had just sold two other multis that had like um, spotless uh, inspection. So I felt comfortable like doing that for just. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used a um, lending company called Civic that I was able to put 11.5% down with, even though it was an investment property. And I was able to put less than 20% because we got it so far under the appraisal. So that's how that worked. Um, right now the rents coming in are 28.50, but within a year they'll be 3,800 because they're below market right now. Mm-hmm. So right now it's not a cash flow in property, but that's okay for me because like I know that within a year it's going to cash flow a thousand dollars a month, which is what I wanted. So I was like I. It's really like the long-term play here. I was like, I don't really mind that it's not going to make me money right now. Because in a year, it's going to be not only making me that $1,000 a month, but growing in value every year and then ultimately getting paid off for me. Right, right. I love that. I love the fact that you know what your strategy is and that you know your numbers. And I cannot believe that in this market, you went below, uh, not even because right now you know how it is, like, Things are just being snatched and people are fighting like Christmas, you know? Because it had been sitting for a while. Yeah. And I think it had been sitting for like a month, a month and a half. Yeah. Which right now, 
for people listening now in the future be like what houses a month is a long time in this market a month is an eternity yeah well i feel like it people didn't want it as a primary home because mm. looking at that home wanted to be able to use that second unit for an in-law apartment but the tenant there had a lease like in place but investors didn't want it either because it was owner occupied right now so there was no like rent coming in in the front for them to see like the potential right so I feel like it was just an odd property that neither group yeah that makes sense i also love how you approached it like you didn't want to insult him and you 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 definitely told him that hey uh, you you knew what you were doing too i love that you're like hey it's a beautiful property you use your husband which i'm sure was true but it definitely helped so you definitely told him hey i'm an investor too and this is what i'm doing i'm not saying your house is not worth it but it's what i can do so i love that you open the doors of communication even though it was your first property so i gotta give you kudos for that because that is very gutsy but it also shows that People, if you don't ask, you don't get like in this, in life in general. So I love that you did that. So is the, as the rent covering the expenses for the house? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially because like right now, like we're not paying a property management company. Like I self right. it. Yeah. And um, any of the like little repairs and maintenance my husband does, because we're only 20 minutes away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now. Yeah. So definitely with the, with the long-term tenant there. Um, he's definitely probably way under market value. So you'll be able to go up because right now in my area, um, if you're lucky to find something, it starts at 2,200, if you're lucky. And it's not even like the town next to me. It's not even that nice. So 2,200, it's a really nice mortgage somewhere, you know? So, yeah. So he, the back tenant, um, he has, like I said, a three, three bedrooms, one bathroom, and he's paying seven wow that's crazy forever and um, so he, he will move probably the market rent for that back unit is 1500 right now so we and his lease will be up in a couple months so i actually sent him a letter explaining like you know your lease the end of your lease is coming up um and as i'm sure you know like market rent is a lot higher than what you're paying now here's a spreadsheet of 10 apartments for rent bedrooms and they're averaging 1500 a month but like we appreciate that you've called this place home for like 20 years and you're good to wow stay on time like we don't want you to have to leave so why don't we meet in the middle and at 11 25 for august 1st when you renew and um i think because i positioned it that way and like included the spreadsheet and everything it's kind of like a no-brainer so mm -hmm. we um, signed that new lease and i'm cool with that because if he decided not to, I would have to rehab that back unit. And right now, I'd rather save my cash for a down payment on the next short-term rental than having to. That is so good. Yeah, and you were human at the same time, right? So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make money anyway. So you might as well help this guy out and kind of like bank that goodwill um, right now just by doing the right thing. So I love that. That's so good. That's so awesome. Okay, so you did that. Uh, congratulations. How did you find the money or you already have money to buy the second property or the you partner? Tell me about the, the second property. So for both properties, I, I just saved up so much. Like I have a high savings rate. I save 50% of all my, income, 75%. Um, and that's income from my beauty business, from my business. So yeah. So for the short-term rental, like the one that I closed on this morning, um, 
out of pocket, it took about 85000 to get into it. So that's between the down payment, the closing costs, and all the furnishings. The down payment, I did a 10% down vacation home loan, and the furnishings came to like 22000 ish So it's three beds, two baths, finished basement. So it was a lot of space to cover. Um, but what I was able to do is I borrowed 15000 towards the furnishings from a family member. But what I did was I put all of them on a personal credit card, and I paid off the credit card with her bank account. Then I will make payments to her monthly for the next six months to pay it back. And 25000 of that 85000 that I needed to get into it actually came from an FDA loan that I got for my beauty business. So it's a super, super low interest rate loan that I don't have to start paying back for two years. So I actually only have to come out of pocket with like around half of that, uh, which is great. But this property is going to average, like it's going to pay me back net profit an average of $6,000 a month, which wow, life-changing side money for most people. And what's great is that I'm getting into it now, mid-June, we'll start to have our first guest and the summer's the high season. So I actually will likely have all of the money that came out of pocket recouped by the end of the summer. That is awesome. That, yeah, yeah. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. Short-term rental is where it's at. I am doing an internship right now with a company and that's all they do. They do short-term rentals and they're doing really well, like really, really well. Cause people are so, t- I am not a hotel person. Some people love hotels. I'm not a hotel person. I want to be able to cook. It's so cold. I want to be able to cook if I want to. I want to be able to sit in the, in the yard and doing this internship with this company. They are doing short-term rentals, which is amazing. And I'm doing a midterm rental right now um, just to get started while I buy my house hat. So that's amazing. Congrats on closing. And I love that. Let me ask you this. Did you put on a credit card so you can get the points? Yes. <laughs> Well, I actually opened up an additional, so I already had a JetBlue card that I loved, and I opened up an additional JetBlue card because if I was to open this other one, um, there was like a really cool introductory bonus. Like if you spend, I think, $1,000 in the first month, you get 60,000 bonus points, which is really good. So I was like, I'll open that new card, put all the furnishings on that. And that was yeah. easy, too, for me to track it, because now once all the furnishings are completely done being ordered, I'll be able to send that statement to my VA, and she'll input everything into my account. That is so good. That is so good. I love that. I love how you are combining so many different strategies to be able to do it, because you're using leveraging your business which you sounds like you have it set up the right way. So you have business credit. So you were able to, because the SBA requires everything to be set up properly and leverage that SBA loan to be able to do that second property. That's amazing. Yeah, very exciting. So the plan is to, um, you know, let this ride for maybe a month or so. In the meantime, I'm refinancing the first property um, so that I can lower the down payment by a lot and like get closer to that thousand dollars a month in cash flow. But um, after that, like throughout the next couple months, I'm going to line up a private lender. Um, I already sent out a presentation to a handful of people that were interested, so I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, but I'm looking for one private lender to put up the cash to get into the next short-term rental. So um, if 
someone was to contribute just the cash to get into it, then they would actually earn about $700 over the next five years and have all of their money back in addition to that by the end of the five years. But um, if they wanted to put in the full purchase price plus closing costs and uh, costs, then they would actually earn a net profit of $3,000 a month over the next five years, plus getting all of their money paid back by that five-year mark. So I'm looking for the right private lender for that right now, and I'd like to be fully set up by the winter. That's awesome. So what do you think gave you the confidence to getting the first property because you're going fast, right? Within the, the same year, you are working on your third property. What gave you the confidence to say, I'm not going to just do one property at a year, uh, one property at a time or one property a year. I'm just going to try all these different strategies. I think I just feel like a sense of urgency. Like mm. none of this time that's passing, we're going to get back. Like I don't want to have to be tied to my studio like I don't want to have to be there taking clients every week I want total freedom like I want um to set my life up in a way where like every morning I can wake up and just work on the projects that I want to work on and barely anything on my calendar I can go wherever I want whenever I want um and having that time freedom I feel like is just like this unbelievable like level of freedom that anyone can have and I, I want that, like, way sooner rather than later, especially because, you know, like, my my daughter's getting older. Like, I want to be able to be there for her through our high school, like, her whole high school experience. And I want to dive into new hobbies. Um, so I just want to get the most out of my life by getting that stuff ASAP. Yeah, yeah. And I can definitely tell you, it goes by, by fast. So she said she's 14. Uh, you're going to blink in four years are going to go by. It's insane. My daughter graduates next Friday and then she leaves in three months. So, and I just, I just gave birth to her. You're like, literally, like, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> so I love the fact that you want to have freedom so you can be there for your family. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is so, so good. I love it. And so I like if I have that freedom too, like I could do so much more for my community and so much more for like my friends and the rest of my family. Like I just want to be able to be more generous with my time. I never yeah. want to have to say like, I'm too busy for that or I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. That is so good. Yeah. It's funny because the, the, um, the previous podcast episode, the, the guest was talking about giving back how he was doing really well for himself, but he was not giving back. And once he learned that his whole fulfillment level went through the roof because um, get, really giving is really is better than receiving because when you see the joy of the other people, and most of the time when you give, it doesn't even hurt you. Like you don't even miss it, you know, like it's not going to put you out or anything, but for that person, it might change everything, you know? Yeah, that plus like, I really do feel like being generous with your time, with your money, with your earnings, like it really does just put you into this whole different vibe, like into the state of abundance. And it does attract more abundance into your life. Like I've seen it play out in my own life a million times. Like you really do have to give to receive. And yeah. you're giving so freely and generously, like, and it puts you in that mindset of like, wow, I have so much to give. I'm so fortunate. Like things just work out for me that I'm in this position where I can give, give, give. Then that's just going to keep flowing. Like it's just going to keep snowballing. You're going to think the way someone that generous thinks. Like you're going to just be 
on that whole different playing field. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally do. Yeah, I, I do. I do believe that. And I think that the more people like us do it, the better the, the, better the world will be. Because if we're waiting for um, some magic um, thing to happen, it's not going to happen. It's, we are the magic. We're the ones that can make the world a better place by making more money. Uh, it's not, I was reading someone saying, like, you know, have the latte. Like, stop saying you're going to skip and stuff. No, just make more money. So you buying the latte. It's not a big deal. Like, just have it. Have you heard of that book, We Should All Be Millionaires? Yes. I read it and I thought it was so awesome. And she talks, I think her name's Rachel Rogers. Rachel Rogers. Yeah, I have it. I, I bought it when it came out and I, I gifted it to my girlfriends because it is, it's, it's so simple, but it makes so much sense. And I love the fact that she's making being a millionaire just like putting a pair of black pants instead of blue pants, you know? Like it's not a big deal. And, yeah. um, and when you have property, so in Massachusetts, you already have probably uh, a pretty close a million dollar portfolio with two two properties, you know? So you're already a millionaire, you know? Right. You know, what's so crazy though. This morning after we closed, I said to my husband, like, isn't it kind of funny that we're now like $750,000 of debt, like technically on paper? Technically, yeah. Looked at me with this look of like sheer horror, like nervous laughing. And I'm like, well, you know, like this really is good debt like this debt it is good debt we're not even the people that have to pay it back correct correct and I love the fact that you just jumped in you're so young and you inspire me I I love the fact that you are just jumping in doing it and trying all these different strategies I love that and I know eventually you'll come up with the one that you want to stick with but you just got yourself in got a whole bunch of points on top of that which is an amazing way to leverage (laughs) credit cards and are connected, you know, with, with amazing people. So what's next for you? Um, I know that you, you said you presented um, and you want to be up and running by, by the winter time. So anything else coming up for you? Are you look, where are you looking at properties right now? Um, I definitely want my next short-term rental to also be in New England and be drivable. Like, I just really like the idea that I can drive Self-manage. like any of my properties within a day. Mm-hmm. Know that there may very well be properties like farther away like a plane ride away that cash flow better but i just really like having properties in new england like it just feels better to me um so i'm looking at um one specific town on the cape that's very short-term rental friendly uh, i'd like to look also farther into like short-term rental regulations in portland maine um because i I do want to diversify a little bit, like as much as the Lake Winnipesaukee area is so awesome, I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely want to be making offers by August, like have my private lending lined up by August, mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, a stretch goal would be to have two more short-term rentals up and running, or at least under contract by the end of this year. Um, and then in the meantime, like I said, I'm refinancing my first property to get my monthly payment way lower. Um, I also today just started looking into possibly the building that I live in. I don't know if that's something that will pan out, but, um, you know. But you're looking at it. I love it. Yeah, I started the conversation and um, on the back burner too, like call me crazy, but I'm also looking into rental arbitrage too and like <laughs> um, for Airbnb. But just kind of like, you know, testing the waters right now and seeing like how many property management companies or property owners would be open to that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just to see, just to see. Yeah. 
even now, like, I feel like something that I just keep being reminded of that I want to mention is, like, when I was getting into that first property, I feel like so many people just kept saying, like, oh, no, that's not going to work, or this. Mm, wow. But, like, you know, just, like, people outside of the industry who didn't really have faith in it. It was people within the industry who, like, I needed their help, like, realtors, lenders, you know. Wow. Other investors that would just kind of like give me these roadblocks and it was so frustrating and there were so many times where I like cried in the shower and was just like I'm just so sick of people saying that something's not going to work out instead of just telling me how it can work out because yeah the mindset that like there's like where there's a will there's a way like if I want this yeah. going to happen I just need to figure out how so it was really hard for me to like push past all of those brick walls that people kept putting in my face but um you know it's just a matter of like how bad do you want the end goal like how easy are you gonna give up yeah that is so true I began yesterday asking myself this question I don't know where I got it from I think I just asked myself and it's making life so much easier so if I'm doing something and it's complicated I ask myself okay this is hard how would it be if it wasn't hard mm-hmm And then I come up with scenarios where it isn't hard. So I was um, doing something difficult that required two people today and it was hot, it was sweaty and I just wanted to be done. And I I got my phone to text my dad to see where he was because we live really close by to see if he could stop by and help me. And just the fact that I was going to call my dad, I'm like, okay, am I there yet? So I'm like, okay, this is hard, but what if, how would it be if it was easy? And I just asked that question and immediately, like I got it. It was like playing Tetris. I moved the stuff around and I did it. Like I did it. So I'm going to give that to people. Ask yourself, how would this be if it were easy? Mm-hmm. And immediately your mind is going to begin to give you scenarios where you can actually, with help or by yourself, remove yourself from the thing that's hard and look at it from a different, sometimes it's just looking at it from a different perspective. So I love that. Even though there were experts, you went with your gut and you listened to you instead of people that were saying, no, I love that. Yeah. Plus, like if you're faced with something that you think you're like, oh, this is getting really hard. Like this is way too hard. What does that even mean? Does it mean it's complicated or confusing or like labor intensive or time intensive? Like what exactly do you mean? mean? Yeah. Real estate, like I feel like people, you know, they start to learn about and they're like, wow, this is really hard. And it's like, well, in what way? Because yeah. time intensive, like, well, how can you free up some other time? If it's like labor intensive, well, how can you outsource that? If it's complicated, well, who can you go to with questions? So there's just always a way, you know, it's yeah. a matter of like, do you really want to do it? Like I heard in some other podcasts, um, I think this was on the Mind Your Business podcast by James Wedmore that I love. I love it. And um, somebody said you could go up to anybody in the world and be like, hey, I have this um, like $3 trillion computer that will make you as much money as you would ever need in the world. Like it's basically print money. It's a computer, it's worth $3 trillion because it'll like just make you this unlimited amount of money, right? And anyone would be like, oh my God, yeah, okay. Like I'll take it, sure. Like you give it to me? And he's like, yeah, I'll give it to you for free. All you have to do is figure out how to use it. And that's when people would say, oh, well, that seems hard, so never mind. But it's like you're giving up this, like, right life because, like, oh, I don't really feel like figuring it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
It's great. It's like that. I don't know if you read Marie Folio's book. Everything is figureoutable. It's so good. Oh, but I've heard of it. You have to. It's easy. It's, it's a story. Get it in Audible. I love Audible. Um, you'll like. I think you'll like it because it's it's kind of like have your vibe and um, the way you think. I love it. So let me ask you this: I I asked all my guests if you were able to go back and do learn something then that you know now about real estate what would, what, what would that be oh my god um <laughs> i guess one thing would be like there's literally always a workaround mm. like it doesn't matter if you have no money you have no time like there's always a workaround you just have to think creative about it um and then my other thing which i've always been of this mindset but i feel like other people need to keep this in mind as they're thinking of getting into this the worst case scenario is never that bad. Like, yeah. Even if it completely goes to shit, like even if you completely mess up the first deal, it's never going to be that bad. Yeah. Like the worst, yeah. worst, worst case is not that bad. Like you will be fine. Your physical health will be fine. Yeah. Your family yep. health will be fine. Like it's never that bad. It's not yeah. as like, you know, risky as people think it is. I love that. I always say no babies or puppies will die. Like it will be okay. <laughs> I know. I feel like people are just so afraid of if it doesn't work yeah. out. But like, what if it does work out? What if it does? Oh my God. What if it does? I love it. Uh, you're going to have to come back and tell us how um, that third property goes. Because I know you're going to get it done. I know that the presentation is going to knock it out of the park. I love how you're clear. You were able to very quickly tell us the, the key points of that presentation. So anybody listening or watching and they want to get their teeth in short-term rental, definitely hit a, oh, um, Jesse. We're going to put all her information in the show notes so you can connect with her and uh, either get some makeup done before um, <laughs> she stops doing it or get into real estate with her as well. <laughs> yes, it is. Also, too, like anyone who just wants to learn more about like the process of analyzing a short-term rental. Yeah. You can reach out to me and get that presentation because I actually touched on that too. Like I have a bunch of slides on it because if anyone yeah. just passively invest with me, I would still want them to know like how I go about picking out a deal. So yeah. if you're not looking to be an investor and you just want to like see the process to maybe get your own rental, then yeah. it would be really cool. Yeah, I think we should do that. So um, I think you should come back and then we can find a couple properties and analyze them and then um grab some questions from instagram and uh, help some people out what do you think oh yeah that'd be cool the numbers part is like my favorite part like the analysis i love so much oh my god yeah we definitely gotta get that done thank you so much for your time i'm so excited for you i am so proud for all the things that you're doing at such a young age and I just know for you, I would say the sky's the limit, but there's no limit for you, like zero limit. <laughs> hey, you never know where I'm going to be by the end of this year. Um, nope, nope. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting, like just to get this invite. Um, and yeah, anyone who's listening, I mean, this is inspiring you to just be a little bit bolder and start taking action instead of just being a student forever. 
I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for your time, guys. There you have it. Um, definitely connect with Jesse. Check the notes in the blog. We're gonna have a summary of, of the show in all her links, so you can connect with her. Now you know that there's no excuse. You can do everything you say you wanted to do and more if you set your mind to it and you connect with the right people. So make sure that you're connected and um, subscribe to the podcast. As usual, please know that I love you, that I'm rooting for you, and I'm going to see you super duper soon. Bye.